Welcome to Pixels and Pines Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. We're two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. I would just start off by saying I'm not doing any drinking because I did a lot of drinking last night. What do you got? Yeah. Um, vanilla Mocha Sunset from Buffalo Bayou. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. It's um, coffee, chocolate, vanilla, ale, mm-hmm. something like that. Real light. Nice. Not too bad. Yeah, I got a uh, a Zevia. It is a black cherry, <laughs> zero calorie soda. <laughs> I don't even think it's got caffeine. It is caffeine free. This is flavored bubbly water. I, I tried drinking that shit for a little bit. I'm not a fan. Yeah. It, it was uh, awful. Yeah, it's... it. I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, it's probably one of the most carbonated fucking drinks I've ever had in my entire life. Every time I take a sip, I'm just like, I feel bloated. Uh, but I just wanted something to drink that wasn't just regular ass water. So, yeah. Did way too much drinking this weekend. So... Trying to clean it up just for today and throughout the week. I have uh, something like 12-ish weeks uh, before our, before my birthday. Um, and my goal this year was to be less fat. And it'll, How's that working out? Uh, so far, not good. <laughs> so far, not good. So I'm going to try to like clean up my shit a little bit in the next 12 weeks. Um Cause I just, I wanted, I wanted to have abs before I turned 40. I don't know if that's possible. Um, I don't even know why I want that, but, um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to try to cut my drinking back to, you know, a couple drinks a week. And I think I'm going to be starving yourself. No, absolutely not. No, Mm -mm. no, Jesus Christ. I think I'm just going to try to walk more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how much weight do you have to lose in order to, I don't know. To get there. <laughs> I don't know. Like probably like 40 pounds. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see. I probably won't make it there, but um, it's not um, really... Uh, three months. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, a couple pounds a week. You know, two to three pounds a week at the beginning. One to two in the end. Yeah. So I may not be drinking as much on the podcast. Uh, I'll still be drinking, but just not, you know, two pints, three pints. Um, and definitely not two to three pints a week. Uh, so we got a couple things we want to go over this week. Uh, we got some cool leaks, uh, some new announcements, um, some promos, and what I I think was uh, a a very weird miscommunication. Is it though? Maybe not. Maybe not. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Let's start mm-hmm. off with the. Um, you're the you're the problem. I think you're I'm the, the problem. problem. <laughs> I'm I'm just accepting. I'm accepting the overlords that are switching my eyes around and uh, using me as an AI bot somewhere. So we got uh, a really fun leak that has been getting squashed all over the place by Nintendo. Uh, yeah. They've been they've been doing cease and desist fucking video or uh, letters to video posters, uh, people uh, putting up shit on the internet. Um, we had a dude overseas somewhere uh, at the. He's a developer. Is that what it is? 
a programmer. That's what he says. Yeah. He's a he's a programmer from an outsourcing company. So I guess Nintendo outsources work for the Pokemon franchise, which you can't really tell because uh, I think uh, was it Scarlet and Violet? Are those the is that the new ones? Mm-hmm. They're still shit. So yeah, outsource company garbage. But apparently they have some inside information about what's going on. And uh, somebody on 4chan, that's that's the trouble with 4chan leaks. You can never tell exactly what's going on with 4chan. Yeah. You know. But apparently this one was confirmed. So this person, uh, they Wait. confirmed everything that the the we just had a Pokemon yeah. Uh, not it wasn't a direct. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like some celebration or, or yeah. whatever the hell. Um, but apparently this person got everything on point. And one of the things he said was that as part of the second wave of DLC for Scarlet and Violet, was that there was going to be a upgrade patch targeted for the next. I don't. I don't know exactly what they called it, but it's like the next switch. I don't think they specifically said like next generation switch or anything like that. But the implication was that yeah, they needed to switch do, models is all they say. Yeah. The yeah. implication was that there needs to be something done to the game in order for it to uh, better support the next switch, whatever that means. Yeah. So the theory is, DLC 2 for Scarlet and Violet is slated for Q1 of 2024, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of people think that Nintendo is more li- more likely than not to announce a new Switch sometime later this year and then release it sometime in Q1 2024. Oh, you know what this might be? So the past couple of Pokemon games, uh, I think, it, yeah, even the, I think Sword and Shield may have had it too. They did like an ultimate version or some shit where it just baked the DLC in there with it. Ooh. And so you just bought that. Um, that might be what this is. Maybe, maybe he's talking about, Could oh, be. we're doing the ultimate, you know, sun and moon, ultimate fucking uh, Sword and Shield shit. And when they drop that, maybe that's when the new Switch is... Uh, being announced as like a bundle or some shit. Maybe not even a bundle. Maybe they just say, fuck it, we're just going to drop a new Switch. I mean, that is, that is, uh, that is another way to look at it. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? By the way, though, uh, anytime Nintendo releases a version of the game on cartridge that includes all the DLC, mm-hmm. buy that shit up. Yeah. It's always, it always ends up being super fucking expensive. Breath of the Wild with all the DLC on the cart, that's fucking expensive. Uh, I think the prior Pokemon was a, what was before the Sword and Shield? I think Sword, Sword and, and Shield. Shield. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo released uh, a physical version of Sword and Shield with all of the DLC on the cart. Those things are fucking expensive now. So anytime, anytime Nintendo does that, might as well just buy it and sell it off and make like fifty percent. Or hundred percent, or something, something stupid like that. Yeah the 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 resale value of that shit is it goes up really real fast, real. so you don't even have to like real hold it very long. Nope, because they're all limited quantities. Um, they print them, and when that runs done, it's done. So there was actually, I think I don't think this was related to this dude, um, the programmer, but 
I've also been hearing things that the Chinese forums that that some of the Switch leaks have been coming from, because mm-hmm. apparently there's some people that work in the factories. I think one was in Foxconn. I think there was a Foxconn. Um, somebody who's claiming to be from Foxconn working on the production line. I want to say that they were they were the ones that leaked the new Switch dock that came with the OLED model and was also kind of the source of the the new, I guess, system on a chip that supposedly the next Switch was going to be using. Okay. And it seems like those forms got hit hard, too. So there's some speculation that maybe... Maybe they're just doing this to drum up, you know, some like clicks or whatever, but I don't know what any like a Chinese centric forum would bother trying to drum up some sort of, uh, you know, clickbait headline yeah. to draw people to their forum. Because I don't think that any English speaking users are are their core audience. And I don't even know if is kind of racist to say i don't know if the chinese know about any of the stuff that we're doing so i i don't even know if they even are aware of anything going on outside of you know their circles yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah um so i don't fucking know yeah but it seems like nintendo's like they're reaching they're reaching out all over the place damn dude that makes this more uh suspicious than anything else right like feels yeah I, this is the so another thing is this leaker has also leaked a whole bunch of stuff. So if we look at the post, mm-hmm. um, they're talking about deals, like specific items as far as like the DLC is concerned. Um, they also included uh, something called like terrestrial, mm-hmm. whatever terrestrial or whatever the fuck. The terrestrializing, so, something like that. Yeah. So they're so they're leaking out new forms for the Pokemon. They're leaking out new legendaries and things like that. So regardless of whether or not Nintendo might be bringing things down because of, you know, leaking about the new switch, it could also be because just like, yo, this dude is, he's leaking all of this Pokemon stuff early and it's going to be fucking everything up. Yep. Yep. So we have to be careful that it's uh, not one thing and, and instead the other. But I think this, I think this coincides with what we think it's gonna when it's gonna re- get released the new switch anyway so who knows and i i i feel like we're we deserve a new switch um i think so yeah or, or, or just a new new nintendo console um which makes me a little happy and a little frustrated at the same time because they're doing all of the stuff that we wanted them to do with the nintendo's uh uh online services by giving us like Game Boy Advance and Game Boy and Super Nintendo, all this other shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're getting Metroid fusion uh, on the ninth. So, Oh my God, that game fucking rules. Yeah. I mean, they've been, it took them a long ass time. Yeah. Um, when Nintendo switch, I, I forget how long it, like the first, first year or so. Like you got like free online connectivity mm-hmm. before they finally started charging like the $20 a year or so. And Nintendo's been still screwing up stuff. Like you still have to use like a physical phone in order to do things like, um, like communication. Like if you, if you do something like, yeah, yeah, voice chat stuff. So for like Splatoon three, if you have a squad, like you can't use your Nintendo switch to, to communicate with people. You got to use the the stupid uh, Nintendo app. Yeah. So 
they still got a long way to go, and hopefully they fix it in the new in the new Switch because like there there's so much garbage associated with trying to do some like the online stuff. Oh, yeah. So hopefully they get their shit together, and yeah. the Switch Two is like all out of the box. Everything's just working like that, like it should, like a modern console. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a fucking modern console, not like some weird bullshit fucking jank ass emulator console you get off of AliExpress. Mm. I have an uh, emulator console coming in. I don't remember which one. Anbernick something or another. It plays like yeah. PS1 games. It looks like a fucking old school Game Boy. Pretty excited. Should be in pretty soon. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's that sounds nice. Yeah. Uh man. I don't know what else to think about the 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 Switch Two leak. Um, I mean, we could speculate forever what this really means. Yeah. Uh, I'm just the, ready. Yeah. Like, we're gonna. St- I have a feeling we're gonna hear a lot more of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As we get closer to the announcement and, you know, whatever, and, and the release date, I'm just ready. I'm just tired of, like, you know, having, like, these these little um, little bits and pieces start to kind of slowly trickle out until, you know, Nintendo's ready to do whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man, how long has the Switch been out? Like, I think this is the year six, oh, uh, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 2017. So, uh, I think we just passed year six. Okay. I, I think it was March of 2017 that I think the Switch was released. Something like that. Damn. Damn, that's a long yeah. fucking life. What is a typical life cycle? I thought typical life cycles were like five years or so. I think close to it. The yeah. t- PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, I think those lasted about... When the fuck was it? This is 2014, 2013, 2014, something like that. I think that's when those got released. So they, you know, six years. That's about right. Okay. That's about right. Um, people have been complaining about the Switch mainly because since the Switch is like a generation and a half behind, like, you know, the Fidelity PlayStation wise, and yeah. Xbox, fidelity-wise, power-wise, and stuff like that, what ends up happening is that the development techniques and the software that's coming out third party wise, like Nintendo kills it with first party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, uh, I think they were saying that, um, uh, Luigi's mansion three sold like third on nearly 13 million copies. That's a lot of, that's a lot of copies for fucking Luigi's mansion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you have, uh, games like Elden ring that kind of approach those. And that's seen as like some sort of like, insane phenomenal thing that happens you know what i mean like you know that's like game of the year type shit and nobody gives a shit about luigi's mansion 3 you know it sold just as many copies as elden ring nobody cares yeah i mean mario kart 8 deluxe sold 50 million nobody gives a shit you know it just nintendo can pump out all of their first party software and people will buy it up yep but when it comes to like third-party software and games and whatnot, you know, it's, it's some dedication required to to target the, the Nintendo console. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that, you know, it's they you don't want to spend bad. a whole bunch of time yeah. because, you get you know, poor performance in games, dude. And it just, like, it sucks yeah. being a third-party player on a Nintendo Switch. Like, I think we were talking about it last night a little bit with uh, Final Fantasy Crisis Core. I'm not yeah. even going to put it into my Switch. I bought it on the Switch. I'm not going to put it in my Switch. I'm just going to buy the PS4 version 
and just play it on the PS5 uh, and be done. Like, I heard, I heard it wasn't that bad. Really? It wasn't that bad. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I, just, I would. What I would do is, I think Digital Foundry did a whole thing over the uh, Crisis Core mm-hmm. games. And I think there was some talk about the Switch version. And from what I remember hearing, the Switch version wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Because if you think about it, the only thing that's really changed is the um, the character models. And I think some backgrounds. And, uh, you know, they, they redid the cutscenes and shit like that. But base-wise, like... It's just it's just the uh, the PSP game. Okay. Straight up, straight up. The animations, um, like the the whole thing. Like there's nothing. I don't. I. I don't remember. But from what I remember hearing, is that there is literally no difference between the PSP version and the current versions. Oh shit! All right, fuck it. The only thing, yeah, the only thing they did was upgraded character models, uh, some new voice work, yeah, um, new cutscenes, but it looks and plays damn near the exact same. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I, I enjoyed it on the PSP, so yeah, I should be all right. You'll be all right. Yeah, but I mean, to your to your point. Uh, maybe it's not worth it. You know, they're probably going to see a majority of their sales on PlayStation. Yeah. When it comes to that kind of software. So, you know, why are you going to why are you going to bust your ass for a switch version that, you know, you're going to spend all this time trying to optimize and it's still going to get outsold on the PlayStation. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe it's just outreach. Maybe they're just, try, just trying to fucking spread out and try to get more more people. Oh, games. Uh, I can't hear you. Oh, what happened? You not hear me now? Oh, man. Is this is this a thing again? Oh, is this a thing again? Might be. Tell you what, I'm gonna unplug and replug in the XLR stuff. Okay. All right, say something. Hello. Okay. Awesome. We're working again? I guess so. It it might it might be the, the stupid XLR dude. Oh. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. As long as it as long as it works for what I use it for, that's fine. Yeah. But it it's pissing me off that I, I end up losing losing headphone audio for, for absolutely a goddamn reason. No fucking reason. Um yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I, so I, don't, I think I think we're kind of done with the switch stuff, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It's cool that people are leaking shit uh, that that isn't like you know spoiler territory stuff. This is like, hey, man, there's some new shit coming out. Uh, be ready. Um, the poster seems like his shit's a little bit credible. Uh, Nintendo's slashing across the fucking internet to take everybody's stuff down, so makes me a little bit uh, uh, excited. To, to think that this could actually be a possibility. So, Me too. Yeah. I can't wait. We got some other cool shit. Uh, we had, from software, post up some new shit, which I was not expecting. They came, they're, they're dropping some fucking DLC for Elden Ring. Well, it's a shame that you weren't expecting it because we were all expecting it. Goddamn. All right. Yeah. 
out of control. It the, I, there's there's really not too much to say about it, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's been announced. Game is like this is the game of the year. There's a lot of hype around more Elden Ring mm-hmm. and Shadow of the Erd Tree. Uh, I don't know, just like even the even the imagery that they put up. So you know, they have looking. so good. It's like a, you're in a wheat field. Uh, I I want to say who uh, I forgot who they said was on the horse. Like it's been a it's been probably like six months since I've even thought about Elden Ring, but uh, it's not it's not Melania. It's I think it's the I think it's the maiden. It might it might be your maiden. I don't, I don't remember, but you know there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff that people have been going through on the image. Um, I believe that is your horse, uh, which I fucking forget the name of the horse. Um, but again, you know, out in the wheat field, you have these kind of ghostly tombstones and just, um, I don't know, battlefield markers and some archways out in the distance. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a castle, all kinds of stuff. And you have giant urd tree in the background. A lot of, a lot of grays, golds, blacks, and things like that. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. I fucking love Elden Ring. Love it. I, I kind of wonder what they're giving away with the symbolism of this, of this art. Like, I was just looking up because um, you you see a lot of, like, vast wheat fields and shit like that and um, art that depicts uh, resurrection or um, growth or, uh, I don't know, like... I mean, to be fair, that's 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 typically the the like the the narrative thread around all of like the Dark Souls games. Okay. You know, it's always about some sort of like resurrection, some sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's it usually starts off with like some horrific type shit where these kings, these these things like take over the take over the world and just destroy and kill everything. And then there's always some, some chosen like you know tarnished for the Elden Ring. Uh, I forget what they call them in the Dark Soul series, hmm. but you know it's always the idea of rebirth, resurrection, coming back again, um, and it always leads to some sort of. I don't even know. I even know what to call it, but it, it's it's almost like a passing of the torch. Okay, that's what it, that's what all these uh, games t- tend to be. You know, in Dark Souls, uh, I forget the name of the the last boss, but you know, it's all about whether you're going to rekindle or extinguish the you know the fires. Oh, and you know, by keeping it kindled, you end up taking that person's place. Oh, and you're just a fucking bad guy at that point. Yeah, like, yeah. That's cool. As or fuck. you, or you extinguish it, and you know you break the cycle, kind of thing. You okay. know what I mean? Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, this is like a a, a stained uh, album cover. There you go. Because <laughs> that was that was our their breakout hit, break the cycle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's typically what it is. Same thing with Elden Ring. You know, you're either you're gonna go in there, and I think there's a there's a couple of different endings you can have. And typically, like you have a choice. Like, do you want to burn down? the herd tree and you're like fuck yeah like all right then yeah. you know cycle so, cycle ended 
So, yeah, so the cycle changes and gets modified and and all this and that. And you know, it's I know, it's compelling. Some one of the I forget, I think it's Lance McDonald. It's either Lance McDonald or he's the guy that introduced the 60 frames per second Bloodborne patch for PS4. Okay. And I think PS4 Pro uh, consoles. He also does a lot of cut content stuff. And so he points out that the gravestones, um, that imagery is also around in some cut content from like earlier Dark Souls games. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So there's already implications based off of that. So it could be the type of type of creatures, NPCs, monsters, and things associated with that already. Uh, and I think we've seen this done before. I think uh, Lance McDonald's also pointed out that one of, I think one of the monsters in Elden Ring was cut content from, I think, Dark Souls 3. Okay. You know, uh, and I'm not even saying that, you know, this is this is because this isn't like in the same universe or whatever. It's just that, you know, content sometimes just doesn't make it to the, the final cut when it comes to these games. And From Software is making all of these. So, you know. They've already spent the time on art assets, modeling, animations, and things like that. So if it doesn't make the game on Dark Souls 3, it didn't quite make the cut for Elden Ring. Maybe it reappears in the DLC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So people are already running wild with it. And uh, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm glad that it's... played it. (laughs) Yeah, I have not played it. So I don't have much to say, but it makes me excited that they're bringing back stuff that could... uh, tie the the loose the loose threads between the games uh together maybe maybe yeah we'll see yeah uh no release date on this maybe it's like uh all i said they is that they're working on it i don't think anybody has any idea uh, i was gonna say september october but i think that was i think it's related to something else okay but uh it's coming is this the only thing that we've got of the game so or of the DLC so far? It's just uh, this image and then the a little bit yeah. of text. Okay. Yeah, this was uh, from Software's official announcement. This was February. Was it twenty eighth? So okay. it was like it's like uh, sometime uh, last week. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, we got another announcement, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, we I've been seeing uh, the the cast of this uh, the Mario movie. <laughs> pop up fucking everywhere dude they are on all talk shows jack black dressing up like fucking bowser and shit doing all kinds of wild shit people shitting all over chris pratt yeah but uh, because you have you have charlie day you have um like you said jack black mm -hmm. and you know they're all doing their cartoony you know they have like their their photo op or whatever and chris pratt's just over there trying to you know staring at the camera like a jackass like uh so I'm not with these. I'm not with these losers. <laughs> he fucking kind of wishes thing. he was, dude. Dude, those guys. Everybody else on the the. They look like they're having a blast. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent. And maybe he's just afraid to cut loose for some reason. Maybe he's not allowed to. Maybe he's, he's just too cool for everybody. Shit. He's just too cool for everybody, dude. True. True. I think we talked about that last week. You know, sometimes you just got to let loose mm-hmm. and uh, you know stop trying to be a fucking. He's not a piece of shit. I don't think he's a piece of shit. No, he's definitely not a piece but, of shit. But, you know, but it just seems like he went from, uh, what know, was it, Parks and Rec? Yeah, Parks and that, Rec you know, crazy as fuck, dude. Yeah, crazy as fuck. He he lets loose a little bit in Guardians of the Galaxy, but 
Mario movie, he's just like, whatever, man, I'm just here for my paycheck. Yeah. Kind of shit. It's like they got like, Jurassic Park Chris Pratt. Yeah. Oh. The worst oh. Chris Pratt. That's the worst Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, that's a fucking shame. Uh, it so is. they move, they moved the movie up, what, just two days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they took it off of a Friday, stuck it on a Wednesday. Oh, you, I, I think they're confident that this thing is going to, well, I don't know, maybe up. it's, it I, could be that they're trying to pad their, um, was it the, I forget how the movies do it. Oh, but it's yeah, like they're, a, they're a, trying to pad the fucking weekend box office because it starts on a certain yeah. day and it counts. So, right. Yeah, it ends on a Sunday. So when you release a movie on a Friday, you got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday to get the to get your numbers, and then you announce it afterwards. So either Nintendo's super confident, and they're just like, we want to make all the money, and we want to tell everybody about it, or they're like, we kind of think we're gonna come in a little bit low. We need an extra couple of days, you know, to make everybody happy. Whenever they make the announcement of you know how much money the movie made in theaters, that kind of thing. Who knows. I'm hoping it's because they're confident the movie's going to be amazing. Yeah, and I, I thought maybe for a minute that they were trying to compete with other other movies that are coming out that week. Uh, there's fucking nothing. <laughs> there's also, nothing. I kind of find, also kind of find it weird that Japan isn't going to be able to see the movie until the 28th of April. That's fucking. That's weird. the first. That's the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, so. I mean, like the only the only thing they're competing with is like Creed three, which is already out, so it's March third. <laughs> Uh, Champions, uh, Scream Six, which is March tenth. God, like there's, uh, they're not competing with anything. No, and then Shazam on March seventeenth. Oh, sixty five, which is that uh, uh, people came to the Earth and caused the fucking extinction or some shit. And then Inside. Um, so there, there's literally nothing all the way through the middle of the month, uh, other than, you know, Creed three, which will fucking, that'll fucking kill in theaters, but that's, that's not their demographic. So I, I think what you're saying is that is, is correct, man. They're just trying to pad those numbers to get, um, you know, get investors a little bit more excited for, uh, the Mario movie part two when it ever, <laughs> when they announce that shit. Next Probably. Year. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Well, I'm, I'm there. I'll, yeah. I'll be. I'm gonna I'm gonna go see it. I yeah, me too. Looking forward. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh shit. And then we got some new news. New news? We got some additional news uh and a release video uh showing some gameplay stuff of the new Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah. Uh this has got some fucking controversy behind it. I think it looks really fucking dope. I don't like it. No? Nope. Damn. Okay. This isn't fucking Final Fantasy. This is definitely not, but neither was the last one. It was it was at least a little bit more Final Fantasy than whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, this is very much when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is just like um that game that, that they just came out with where it's a Final Fantasy one remake, uh in where the dude oh. just has chaos all the time. Uh Strangers in Paradise, right? Strangers in Paradise. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. This is the the expansion of that game engine, but faster. This is I fuck this game. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it. I'm probably going to enjoy it, but this is not fucking final fantasy. Yeah. Fuck everything about this. People are very worried fuck that everything. this is the end of uh final fantasy as a turn-based RPG system. I think so. Like maybe, and maybe they need to do something like how uh, the like a dragon series has gone where you have, was it? So the, I think lost judgment, 
Lost Judgment, I want to say, is the the old. So uh, this is like the, that series has so many different spinoffs. And Lost Judgment, I want to say, is the new the new old Yakuza games and Like a Dragon going forward is or no no uh what was the what was the last one no Yakuza Like a Dragon I think is where the Like a Dragon series is going towards and Lost or Lost Judgment or the Judgment games are going to be what the old Yakuza games are going to be so they they're starting to split it off okay and Final Fantasy is moving towards that Strangers of Paradise, that third person over the shoulder, Devil May Cry, God of War type shit. Yep. But now you, you you still have you know gaining experience points. You still have all the the typical Final Fantasy lore. You have the um what do you call it? You know Ifrit and yeah all and the summons Shiva and shit. The all the summons. You want to call them? Yeah, all of those. They're there. You're probably gonna have all the the trappings of Final Fantasy, but if you want a legit Final Fantasy game, you know, from similar to the ones that you found like back back around like Final Fantasy ten, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's Final that's Fantasy twelve thirteen. Yeah. You're it's like Octopath Traveler. Like well, Square 12, Enix. Twelve was the MMO style system where your battles were they were still turn based. But they were like in real time kind of shit. And you had characters that just ran around and just did shit in the battlefield. And you saw like the marker from your character who they were targeting and shit. And you know what? Like I'm I'm still kind of okay with that. Yeah. But this is not even not even that. Like yeah, they, this is not they, action turn based. Yeah, this is not turn based. This is just action. Like yes. you literally roll up on people and you start fighting them. Yeah. Like that's it. Like there's no there's no setup. You don't you know, the, the screen doesn't fade away and you pop in and now you're like in a little arena. Like, no, no, no. Like you literally fight within the place that you find them. You know, you kill them and then you move on. You find some hidden shit in the corners and whatnot. And then you continue on your way. Fuck. It's not Final Fantasy. Like it's. I'm a. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I just kind of wish that there was a game of like this kind of caliber. Cause you know, they're, they, they have obviously, obviously spent a whole bunch of this, money. This shit looks good as fuck. It looks really good. If you right. feel like it's final fantasy or not, it looks fantastic. I was, yeah. I was torn watching the gameplay. Cause I was like, I want the character to stand off of the background a little bit more, but the way that they're doing it, it makes it feel a lot more cinematic. Like you're, you're, you, you get to be a little bit more immersed in the situation. Right. Uh, yeah. but you lose, like in the gameplay, you can see like if you're watching on YouTube, uh, the the enemies and stuff they just blend into the fucking background. Like everything's fucking gray. Um, it yeah. reminds me of Final Fantasy XI, where they wanted a dark fantasy aesthetic. Um, and then they realized that didn't work, and then they went with the Final Fantasy XIV, which is a little bit more bright fantasy aesthetic. Here they're doubling back down. They're like, uh, we're Dark Souls, Final Fantasy type of shit yeah, yeah this is this is gonna be dark and yes. i don't even i don't even mean that like in a Color. visual yeah yeah like in a visual aspect like this is gonna be all around dark there's a lot of dark themes a lot of dark things happening in the game yeah and uh it's not very happy you know 
man, does it's going to be a good game. I just don't. I just wish they. I get it, name recognition and everything like that, but just to say, I wish they would have called it something different. Yeah. Fine. I, I, if you want the, if they want the Final Fantasy name to die, then this would have been the game to do it. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, they they tried it with Strangers of Paradise, and that name was so fucking stupid that it just like literally didn't sell. Like, I don't know anyone who's played it except me, and even fair, I, I didn't only even... played a little bit of it. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it was a remake of Final Fantasy One. Yeah, got me. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. Oh. If they had had Final Fantasy, like they've done it before, right? With uh, uh, was it Dirge of Cerberus or something yeah. like that? And uh, some of the um, so is in Crisis Core was Crisis was Final Fantasy like a part of the title mm-hmm. in Crisis Core? Yeah, I think. Well, you know, I think so. Maybe they could just have Final Fantasy as like a, a sub, you know, a, a, a tagline or a subtitle to whatever the game is, you know, just to kind of indicate that it's kind of like in the Final Fantasy universe yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of absolutely. thing. But, like Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Yeah. Th- you know this, what is mean? A, this is our IP that we're expanding into a new genre. Like, just call it, and it's fine. Yeah, but to to tag this as like a mainline Final Fantasy numbered uh, title. Yeah, it feels just feels weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. They've been going so off the rails that you don't know what to expect playing a Final Fantasy game anymore. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you so, get the stability like that with like you know the other mainline JRPGs like Dragon Quest and shit. Like you always get the same shit, just a new story, a new experience, and that's what people like come back for is the a piece of nostalgia. I want the same shit, just just a little different, just a little fucking different this time. I can even get behind the Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy VII remake was a big change in the, I guess the you know the fighting style. Yeah, you know it still had the um, the encounter system of you know more traditional Final Fantasy games, but it became more of a real time kind of thing. You know, yeah. you started battle. You ran around, you tried to get yourself set up, you had, um, you know, fighting moves, you could cast magic, all that things. I, I think even you, they even, like, did something with the, um, what, ATB system. Mm-hmm. So that's how you, that's how you got the rhythm of battle, yeah. using the ATB system. And that was fine. The, I think the additional areas, so if you wanted to, like, 100% the game on... I think it was PlayStation 4. So if you wanted to platinum the game, you had to do some wild shit uh, towards the end of the game. There was these optional areas. I want to say they're optional. Um, But yeah, like it was it was basically like this huge micromanagement on the battlefield that you had to deal with, you know, because you had to stay alive while pushing out enough damage. And, you know, you couldn't spend too much time trying to push out the damage because if you ended up getting wiped, then, you know, you completely erased all of your progress and had to kind oh, of start fuck. over. Fuck. Yeah, it was it was rough, but I was OK with that. Like, yeah. cool. You know, you still have you still have the the semblance of a Final Fantasy type of game. You know, you you start a battle, you're out there, you're running around, you're switching characters to kind of, you know, deal the most optimal damage you know, based on their movesets, their magic that, that that's attached to them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But 16 is literally 
behind the shoulder, devil may cry, (laughs) God of war type shit. Like that's exactly what you're doing. The fact that they have like, you know, level, like they're indicating a level number on the enemies. You have health bars on top of everybody. Like that's not a fucking final fantasy game either Uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's still gonna be know. good. It's still gonna be good. Yeah, you're 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 swinging me to your side a little bit in the 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 view that this feels like a probably a stain on the IP. They should have definitely just given it like a you know something 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 name Final Fantasy and and then called it good. Um, that way that it lives inside of the the series, but like I, like its own standalone thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see more more gameplay and, and I'll start to like it, or maybe you'll start to like it a little bit more. No, I I I like the game. The yeah. from the little part that we've seen, the voice acting so sounds good. phenomenal. Yes, the the main characters, the the at least with the voices that we heard in the game, they sound phenomenal. Love it. It's you know it's very uh, what European. I mean, I think a lot of Japanese developers have been relying on. European voice talent for a lot of their characters and a lot of their games. And this is really well done. Xenoblade Chronicles is very, very cartoony when it comes to their, uh, their voice work for their English voice actors. Uh, I fucking hate it. You know, (laughs) I I don't want to play a cartoon, you know, I'll I'll play an anime just because I don't have to listen to them like repeat inane bullshit because I don't understand what they're saying in Japanese. Yeah. You know, I rely on the subtitles to get whatever context I need this. However, this is like this is like grown ass like this is some grown ass voice acting work. Yeah. And it sounds like it's going to be amazing. I think the game is going to be great. Okay. I'm not regretting any of my pre-purchase uh whatever the fuck that I've done. I've probably spent like $200 already on this on this game. Goddamn. Before it's even released. Goddamn. I'm just shitting on it because this is not fucking Final Fantasy. That's true. They wanted to call it if they just if they wanted to call it something else add like some sort of like you know, tagline like Final Fantasy Universe or whatever. Yeah. You know, cool. I just for Final Fantasy sixteen, I I don't buy it. The game looks like it's gonna be great though. Okay. Okay. So then I think I think we're in the same boat then. Uh yeah. Yeah. I'm just it's just like semantics. Like I'm I'm being an asshole about semantics, mainly because I've watched Final Fantasy devolve into whatever the fuck this is now over the years. Yeah. And it's kind of pissed me off. Like, even I got like the the whole like you know bro trip Final Fantasy fifteen thing. Yeah, like that that was okay because you know you could still still get a semblance of like where Final Fantasy had come from, and you got a sense like okay, so this is what it's evolved to at this point. But this is just a different genre altogether. Yeah, from what it seems like. So I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I, I'm excited to see where the uh, story goes in this. Um, I will say that in the the trailer, a lot of the enemies, especially the one that you see right now, this royal Tongunbeard or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, everything just looks like bullet sponges because uh, they are just wearing this dude out for yeah. ever, and he's just not doing damage. He does a couple of abilities, and that that's a worry for me that everything just becomes can you dodge a little bit and just beat the shit out of something over and over and over again until it finally fucking breaks because that's what um strangers in paradise is and those 
battles are tedious as fuck. Okay, yeah. So actually, now that you bring bring that up, this this does remind me a little bit of uh, Wolong that I'm playing with now. Uh, some of these look like a little bit more involved, so it's not as punishing as Wolong, but you know it's similar. You know, you have you have this boss that has a fuck ton of health. Okay, and just just doing regular attacks and tossing your magic isn't going to do shit to it. You have to you have to put it in some sort of state. And for yeah. Final Fantasy 16, uh, I forget what they call it. Stagger? But a staggered, yeah. So basically, when you stagger somebody in Final Fantasy 16, they kneel and allows them to be opened up to uh, having the damage that you do to them multiplied. And you can go, I think, up to 1.5% um, damage. And so that's how you probably are going to be doing a, uh, a majority of your damage for those kind of enemies. You know, if it's not like some sort of just like random ass mob that is just there to kind of get in your way until you finally, you know, to you approach these, these stronger enemies, mm -hmm. those stronger enemies. And from what it looks like, there is seems, there does seem to be like a dodge mechanic where, you know, if you time it right, like you can, you know, out of the way. Yeah. You can, you can get out of the way and it leaves them open to, for an attack that you can throw down on them. And maybe that does something with their stagger meter. Who fucking knows? But it's becoming more of like maybe maybe like uh, like the devil may cry god of war type thing where you know you just have to be a little bit more tactical about how you approach some of these larger enemies and you have to learn how to use the mechanics in order to to apply enough damage yeah. without getting steamrolled. So I hate that they make doors in this game quick time events. No, fuck me. It's like, press X to open the door. Now slam the fuck out of your R2 trigger over and over and over. Look, see? Yeah. Every I mean, fucking fair, they... door, dude. So this is this is them doing some sort of, like, haptic feedback on the plate, on the DualSense controller. Yeah. You know, uh, I just, get it. Just make the door shit. Don't, don't make me slam the fuck out of the buttons. Let me press the button, and you shake the controller. It's fine. I don't need to fucking wear out my old man fingers. Uh, just opening the door. But give me some quick time events like fighting Yikes. ogres or some shit. Don't don't waste it on fucking doors. Yikes. Um, Go. Uh, I got a, uh, I guess a transition. Okay. Did you ever use the term JRPG? Yes. You're racist. <laughs> All right. All well, there right. is to it. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> as part of as part of this as part of the Final Fantasy 16 previews that they put out to all of these outlets, uh -huh. there was uh, there was an interview with uh, Yoshi P. Uh, Naoki Yoshida. He's the producer of Final Fantasy 16. He was the guy who basically righted the ship of Final Fantasy 14. Right? Okay. So he is basically Square Enix's like Final Fantasy like god at this moment. So during one of the interviews, he did say that. He finds the term JRPG discriminatory, according hmm. to him, from a Japanese-centric uh, space. Okay. He finds the term JRPG discriminatory. Hmm. So, he, they, from some of the things that I've seen and heard, because there was somebody who put out, Adam Sessler got, got somehow sucked into this shit, too. Oh, Jesus. Um, this motherfucker there getting was, resurrected. Yeah. Well, I mean, because there was uh, there was an X play, I think, video when they did a review for 
uh, Botan Kaitos, mm-hmm. one of the Botan Kaitos games. And, you know, this is like this is like mid 2000s bullshit. They were being super edgy and they were making there was like a play on like sake, like the drink. Yeah. I guess with one of the main characters' names or something like that. So they were just like sake, 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 like um, for the review. And this is like this is why the Japanese think that you know we discriminate when you use the term. Because I, I think at a certain point there was a lot of negative connotations. Maybe I don't know. I, I never thought of it as JRPG as being a, a negative connotation yeah. when it comes to describing uh, a type of RPG. Yeah, because I hated fucking hated skyrim and oblivion and morrowind i thought those games are fucking stupid i could not understand why people enjoyed them they love them i it took me it took me until skyrim to kind of figure it out yeah skyrim i liked Maybe, i didn't like any of the, yeah. the previous ones well the, also the, the previous ones they also like their their skills and leveling up system was fucked yeah you know uh i remember once like i tried to look up how to play morrowind because I wasn't too sure how the level up system work. And they were like, okay, in order to maximize like your, your level up points, like you basically just have to jump around like a jackass until you level up your jumping ability in order to like add to your uh, level up. Um, it yeah. was weird shit like that. Like, you know, it's like, how do you, if you think about it, how do you get good at something in a video game? You know, you don't put points into it. You repeatedly do the thing yes. over and over again. And as you do it over and over again, you get better at it naturally, right? And so that's how Morrowind worked. So if you wanted to be better at archery, you had to use a fucking bow. And the more you use the bow, you would level up your archery um, skill. And then if you leveled up 10 skills, that was a level up. And that gave you extra points to put towards whatever you wanted. And if you leveled up a set of skills related to each other, you kind of helped to maximize the amount of points you would get at a level up. So in order to um, min-max, I guess you would say, if you wanted to min-max your leveling and your character, you basically were focused on leveling up certain skills at the same time. That was dumb as fuck yeah that it's i hated that i i having to min max your fucking abilities there was another uh rpg i can't remember what it was but it was it was something like to get more hp you had to make sure you that character got hit mostly during battle to get more of of a certain stat like they had to like cast more spells they had to do all this other shit and then when you leveled up it, it gave you points into those abilities or into those those areas like automatically huh Oh no. But yeah, that that type of shit, man. Uh I I don't really I don't really like it. Um the way that w- when you have to min-max leveling to to have fun inside of a game, uh I, I feel like it takes the enjoyment out of it. I just rather fucking play the game. Just play the fucking game. I mean, to be to be fair, you probably didn't have to min-max in order to enjoy it. Yeah. But it just felt weird that if you wanted to to make sure that your leveling experience, I guess, was felt felt good, mm-hmm. that you had to be careful about how you... Maybe you didn't have to be... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those fucking weirdos who wanted to do it because, uh, you know, like, numbers go up is good. And yeah. then when more numbers go up, it's even better. So I wanted even more numbers to go up. 
But I think the thing that really kind of sealed the deal for why I hated Morrowind, Oblivion, and to a certain extent Skyrim was that it basically you had like the opening the opening moments of the game. It basically sets up something. It's just like I'm a fucking king and uh, I'm about to die, and like I need you to do this and that and get away and tell people. And I was like, all right, bro. Yeah. And then you get out, and it's kind of like the final the Fallout thing. You get out, and it's just an open world, and it's just like go here. Yeah, figure it and out. And you're like. All right, so I just go there, and then like, all right, now you got to talk to somebody, and then another marker comes up, is like, now you got to go here. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fucking stupid. You know, as a JRPG, you are essentially kind of thrown into a situation where you are kind of, I guess maybe not handheld, but you're kind of guided mm-hmm. across to, you know, specific places on a specific journey. Where this one felt way too just kind of open. Yeah. Where you're just like, uh, so I guess I got to walk until like I make other markers appear so I can continue on the story or something like yeah, that. Because it, in that case, it makes your character um, seem like they have no uh, actual progression or, or um, focus or something. I don't, I don't know the fucking word I'm looking for. Also, but, maybe it also, if you, get, you get a sense that there's no real, um, specificity for what you're supposed to be fucking doing it's not even specificity it's just like there's like there's no fire lit under your ass that you need to be going somewhere you know what i mean yeah like there's no real there's no real just like oh fuck like i gotta go i gotta go meet this guy and i gotta do this and stuff like that it's just like go to this town and then talk to this person and then just like uh or i guess i don't have to yeah I can just I can go fuck off in this cave and like try to kill this giant crab i guess dog that's all i did in skyrim I just yeah. went into caves. I was like, fuck this game. I'm just going to caves. And that's basically what I did. I, I ended up playing, I think, most of Skyrim. Like, I spent most of my time just doing all the fucking side quests and shit. And I had, uh, I had a decent time, but I think it was more about getting, getting markers off the map. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, I think they were, like, lit up or something like that. And then whenever you completed the quest, like, they dimmed out. Yeah. So my entire purpose was to dim out all of the active quests that I could find. Yeah. And that's and that's basically what my, what voted me, motivated me. And I guess there's also some, I guess, cool things with that is there are some elements of the game where there are kind of a rhythm to it. And so you can kind of cut in and interrupt it and for some for some quest lines for some uh, characters you can actually uh see that happen where if you meet a character at a certain part in the story before i guess like the natural progression you can actually kind of uh short circuit that whole uh progression uh since you meet you meet a you meet an NPC early. You give you give them an item early. You complete a quest early or something like that. Uh, that compared to what you were supposed to, you could actually like change the course of events slightly. But outside of that, like I hated it, and yeah. I thought JRPGs well, the way I saw it used, the way that I I used it was just like oh okay, so this is being created by people who know what the fuck an RPG is kind yeah. of thing. Like, that's yeah. how I thought about it. They, I, I think they, they look at it. Um, if you're, if you're thinking about an RPG in, in a tabletop format, they give you a very good dungeon master who drives you along the way so that you get to have a very linear and, and uh complex experience. Um, there you go. Yeah. 
and, and inside of like Skyrim and shit like that, you don't have the dungeon master. You are the dungeon master and you're the player. And that's really fucking annoying to me. And I think that's, that's probably where a lot of this like negative attitude towards JRPGs uh, mm-hmm. stem from, I think, was it final fantasy 13? Like there was a big meme where like, it was just a corridor. Yes. And you're just walking a character down this corridor. Yep. And that was seen as like a super negative. And maybe it was around that time. Like they were just completely shitting on the direction that final fantasy was going through until the whole idea of like what a JRPG was. Um, a lot of the Western media probably were, you know, using it as kind of like a punching bag, Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, look at these kooky Japanese people. Uh, I think that, I think Adam Sessler in his review even kind of started to shit on some of the Japanese tropes that come along with a lot of the JRPGs as well. And I, I can, I can kind of understand that. Like some of those, some of those tropes are fucking stupid. Yeah. Like if you were a chosen one, you know, the chosen one sent to, uh, sent to fix the world or to kill the God or to, you know, right this wrong, you know, you've done it a million fucking times. If you've played Japanese RPGs for any extended period of time, you've probably killed the creator, yeah. you know, a dozen, half a dozen times. times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, Oh God, I got to go kill God again. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's probably a little bit of that too. Maybe it's not just the fact that JRPGs are, were seen as kind of, kind of going off the rails at a, at a certain point in time. It was, they were also getting shit on for, I guess what makes Japanese developers or Japanese games, like the way that they create them or the way they approach their creation kind of seem like, Hey, are we doing something wrong? Like you guys are just completely shitting over the fact that, Hey, we have, you know, a lot of these historical tropes and ideas that we like to, you know, um, materialize in these and these virtual experiences that we create for people to you know play and enjoy yeah and you know you're you're shitting on us from what is essentially i guess more of a a cultural type of thing and i've heard it i've heard that kind of shit used like in a derogatory way too elden ring was also done that way yeah you know somebody i forget which uh, which developer it was um it was a developer for some it was a a Western developer from some game company. I forget which one it was, but they, they started to, to question about why the Japanese developers of Elden Ring set up this, uh, the UI system, the way they did, the way that they did, or just, um, from software, dark souls games in general, like are their brains built differently? It was the implication. You know what I mean? And it was just like, are you saying like the Japanese have like a, like the way that they think is wrong or something like yeah. that? You know, they were starting to question. It's like somebody who's probably done way too much uh, user testing, user focused type shit. And, yeah. you know, A and B bullshit, you know, as part of their corporate job every fucking day. Yeah. Just like, did you not get like a a testing group to like tell you that the way that you're equipping your characters is shit you know like that kind of thing like or is your brain broken kind of thing so (laughs) just overanalyzing shit just to overanalyze it dude basically yeah and i mean i we can i don't want to get into ui but yeah for sure like there are some ui elements that are fucking they're fucked up 
and it's kind of a pain to use, but that's uh, whatever. Yeah. I, th- I feel like UI and, and, and user experience inside of games, inside of inventory management systems has always been kind of bad. Uh, it's always like the last thing that I think people do, which is fine. It's true. Um, Actually, I'm going to bring it back to the video that uh, we released, I think Friday, this mm-hmm. past Friday, it was for Atomic Heart. One of the things that I was super pissed off about was the UI. Mm. There's one specific, there's one specific thing in the UI that you can do. It's moving items from your personal inventory into storage um, and moving things from storage into your uh, personal inventory. So the way that the UI is set up is that you don't, especially for the keyboard and mouse, you know, you can't double click. You can't tap or click and drag. You have to click and push a button on the keyboard in order to move it. So, the worst part about it is that through the course of the game, you can actually spend um, points to expand your inventory. And if the inventory item that you need to move is at the bottom, what happens is that the scrollable UI resets itself after you make a, an action. So if you scroll and move an item from your inventory, the inventory screen scrolls all the way back up to the top. So if you have to remove items from the bottom, you have to scroll, click, press a button, and then you have to re-scroll back to the bottom, click and press a button to keep moving the items out of your inventory. It's really fucking stupid. Oh, dude. That, that's literally some fucking director going like, dude, I fucking hate scrolling. And then the, the, the designers and everybody and the coders, they were just like, all right, uh, we're just going to have an auto-scroll. This is the fucking worst experience we've ever had. And one guy goes, oh, I fucking love this. I've had that Probably. so much. Um, in my past where, where I'll design something and they'll be like, Oh my God, you got to scroll this page. And I'm like, yes, that's how the fucking internet works. And they go, I never scroll. And I'm like, you go to CNN.com and you don't scroll. They're like, Mm-mm. I was like, how do you read the article? They're like, I look at it and I'm like, and you have to scroll. And they're like, Mm-mm. <laughs> I was like, you never finish anything. What the fuck is, <laughs> how uh, are you see, here? See, these are the people, these are the people that really enjoy having a, uh, a news article split up into 25 yeah. different pages. So that way there's, there's always like, just like, next, how do we next. keep people? Yeah. Who do we, how do we keep people seeing new ads mm-hmm. while also not having them to scroll? Yep. Fuck it. A single page that, that flips 25 times. We load up a new fucking ad money in the bank. Yeah. These old dudes never have to scroll again. God damn it. Fucking hate it. Fucking hate it. <sighs> I want to talk about some other shit that I hate. Actually, I think you hate it. Well, fucking... I don't really hate it. Um, everybody else probably hates the fuck out of it. <laughs> I got mine. If you Did didn't you? get yours. Yeah. If you didn't get yours, like, I don't, know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Don't sleep. Yeah. So they they released uh, the Final Fantasy 1 through 6 pixel remasters on Play Asia, right? So they did it uh, yeah. Nintendo Switch, PS4. And was there another console or did they just show those two? No. Just those two. It was, it's just those two. And and they you could go up there and uh pre order them. You and I talked about it through Discord chat one day and I was like, Holy shit, let me hop on this thing. I pre ordered the Switch, uh, because my wife has a Switch and I was like, I want her to be able to play it. I already have them on Steam, so I just play them on my Steam Deck. You hit me up and you're like, dude, I'm getting the PS4 version. I was like, Bet, that sounds good. We talked back and forth. We saw the baiting bait and kaidos. 
yeah. and a bunch of other games. Uh, the Etrian Odyssey, they they have it up on Play Asia for pre order. Um, so we we both picked up a bunch of fucking games, and you grabbed the PS4 version, like I said. And uh, this is your email we're showing. Yeah. So Play Asia is a website dedicated to uh, importing. They they run a they run a, a service where you can purchase import versions of the game and have it shipped to your house. Um, for people who are outside of the U.S., they can also go to PlayAsia to import uh, U.S. games. So it has the ESRB logo. Other different countries have uh, like Peggy for for the for Europe. Uh, Japanese has Zero. Uh, I don't know what Korean, but either way. Um, for people who are really into physical games, Play Asia is good because typically for Asian markets, and this is when I say Asian markets, this isn't Japan. This is like um, Korean, China, India. Chinese, yeah, those those places. Typically, what happens is that in order to support those markets, since they're much smaller than Japan, Europe, and America, most of the times they take a digital only game if they're trying to sell it to the Asian market. They actually put the entire fucking thing on a cartridge or a disc. Which means that you typically get everything. You don't have to worry about downloading anything, all that stuff. And a lot of those copies of games also support uh, multi-languages. So Play Asia had some sort of like communications with Square Enix in preparation for the Asian release of the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. And they had an understanding that Square Enix were going to make the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 versions of the games available for those markets. And so they had placed the PlayStation 4 and the Switch version up for pre-order. A couple of days later, I guess, I don't know if Square Enix got in contact with them or what happened, but apparently it was communicated to Play Asia that Square Enix had no intention of creating a physical PlayStation 4 game for the Asian markets, which meant that anybody who attempted to order the PlayStation 4 version basically had their orders canceled. Full stop. Nothing. If you got in early, it doesn't matter. The PlayStation 4 version of the Pixel Remasters for the Asian market does not exist. Damn. So they... They basically got rid of all the PS4 versions. For the Nintendo Switch, though, they are still going forward with that. So if you want all of the games on a single cartridge, I I don't know if the uh, the Square Enix uh, exclusive versions of the game are similar. They, they probably are. But you get all the games on a single cartridge, you can pre-order it from PlayAsia right now. Yep. Currently, they have a fuck ton of copies. Yeah. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with the U.S. Square Enix website where they sold the uh, PS4 and the Nintendo Switch version of the Pixel Remasters. If you got in on them, you're still good to go. They are going to have a physical PlayStation 4 disc, which I guess doesn't really matter because if you didn't if you didn't get in on the first like half hour when they released it, like at 1230 at, at night uh, central time, you were fucked. Like it didn't really. Yeah, it didn't really fucking matter. You're fucked anyways. Yeah. You're going to end up paying like two, three hundred dollars on eBay for it yeah. uh, from a scalper. So PlayStation owners, you're kind of screwed. Switch owners, hey, you have an opportunity. You're not going to have ESRB copy of the Pixel Remasters, but this is just as good. Yeah, Go for it. Yeah, they're going to play just the same. Um, yeah. 
I it it bothers me that they didn't just bring the PS4 version over here and just since it's it's already available, right? Um, I guess they just didn't have the rights to do that on Play Asia, or they're just not reprinting it um, for markets outside the U.S. or something. This is a Square Enix thing. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is what I have no fucking idea what what their thought process is. They're calling Final Fantasy 16 a Final Fantasy game. So I don't fucking know what's going through their heads. They, <laughs> again, they released the Pixel remasters, the physical copies on their website in the middle of the fucking night. Yeah. And then they're just like, I don't know. What do you want me to do about it? Like, we sold them. They're gone. We're not going to print anymore. Why? I have no fucking idea. That's a Square Enix decision. Uh, the same. Same reason why they decide PS4 does not make sense to release a uh, Asian version of the game for. Yeah. Who fucking knows? I don't know. Square Enix is a bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah, they're doing weird shit, man. Um, they are doing weird shit. It just sucks that Play Asia is getting the fucking, you know, they're they're catching a whip on this one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But, hey, man, that's it is what it is. Yeah. I, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting because, uh, it was just a it's it was just a shit way to release these pixel remasters, you know what I mean? And this is just one more one more kind of just like Square Enix bullshit type thing that they've been pulling over the past I don't know, a couple of years. Yeah. When it comes to stuff like this. I was gonna say fucking half a decade, dude. It's just Yeah. Oh. And then they price stuff like super weird. I was looking um at some of their vinyls uh on their website. And I was looking at the, I saw the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake vinyl. It's got all of the original shit and then all of the new stuff on there. And uh, it's $77.77. And I was like, that's kind of fucking clever, but also kind of uh, shitty. I don't think it's worth that much. No. Um, Square Enix is also, so I think they're, I think they're also pretty terrible when it comes to shipping. Yeah. And I, I don't remember if I if I mentioned it during the initial pre-order. I think we did. I think we did cover it on a podcast. But for for like a Nintendo Switch copy, if you were just getting just the the Switch game itself, mm-hmm. the the game it the game by itself, the physical version was like eighty bucks because that's how it's priced on Steam. So you know, Square wasn't going to cut you a break yeah. for uh for a game like a Nintendo Switch game. Like at mo- they cost at most like sixty bucks. Yep. Tears of the Kingdom is going to be costing seventy. I think the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters are eighty dollars. Yep, because that's how they're priced. If you were to buy them all as a bundle, like on Steam, right? And that's that's what they're priced right now for pre-order. So they're seventy nine ninety nine, uh, which they're saying is ten percent or eleven percent off. You save ten dollars. Yeah. Once the pre-order is done, uh, they're going up to ninety bucks. Yikes! Yeah. So. When they when they put those orders out, they were still charging like twenty dollars worth of shipping, for whatever fucking reason. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Over on the Square Enix site, yeah, yeah. So you were paying about you were paying over a hundred dollars for the privilege of owning a physical copy of these fucking games. Yeah, which is kind of nuts. Kind of fucking nuts. Yeah, I said I still I still spent the money on it. Still bought them motherfuckers. Yeah. So I I still managed. I got a PS4 and a Switch copy from the from the Square Enix store. Holy shit! Popped off. Yeah, because I was I was fucking awake. I think I was playing High on Life, 
and I saw uh, I saw a a tweet from Wario sixty four. Mm-hmm. It's like what the fuck? Like it seemed to come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like we were kind of speculating whether or not they were going to come out with a physical version at all, and then just a random tweet in the middle of the fucking night, just like oh by the way they're up for pre order go. And oh, they went, and they yeah and they fucking went out of stock uh, in the middle of the night like twenty thirty minutes later. Just, if you didn't get in on yeah if you didn't get in on there you were fucked. They know these motherfuckers are gonna sell. I just don't get why they don't print shit right. Like they still sell uh, old old ass console games. Like they still sell like Nintendo DS fucking games on their website. How can they not print a little extra of these Switch games? I don't get it. But it's whatever. I don't, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it either. Who knows? Yeah, they're not they're very good at business. I guess so, but it's still. I don't think they. I don't think they're very good at business. <laughs> I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it to that. You're probably right. You're probably fucking right. Um, either way, uh, if you guys missed out, like every fucking buddy else, uh, go go pick it up. Go pick it up on um, PlayAsia.com. Uh, get yourself. Get yourself one for the switch. Yeah, for uh, sure. And uh also the Etris Etron Odyssey uh collection, I do believe, is also on there for the Switch. Um and I want to say that I think all the games are included on cart. So um there are some that's like I said, Play Asia is really good for this kind of shit. There's a lot of times where these these games come out and they're only available digitally on on U.S. Uh, websites or like you know the 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 stores for PlayStation and the eShop on Nintendo. If that's not your bag, if you don't if you don't really think that paying money for a digital game is necessarily worth it, Play Asia does got your back when it comes to like some physical copies. And yeah. for some things, uh, I think specifically like. Final was it Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X two? Those games when they came out on the Switch, the way that it worked if you bought a U.S. copy is that Final Fantasy X was on the cart and you had to download yeah. X two. Yeah. But uh, for for the Asian market, since they don't they don't really do downloads on the Asian market side, if you bought the uh, X and X two remastered on the Nintendo Switch, you actually got both games on a single cartridge. Damn, that's not bad. Yeah. So, you know, for people who are really anal about shit like that, Play Asia is basically your one-stop shop to to find out, you know, uh, these whether or not these Asian games uh, are supporting the English language and whether there's a physical copy for a game that is only available digitally elsewhere. Yeah. I've been using them like crazy, dude. I have fucking hell of... Either games, uh, OSTs, uh, the collector edition components to a collector's edition, like just all kinds of shit, dude. I've been buying off of Play Asia for a long yeah. time. Yeah, me um, too. I also find it funny that if you want a non-marked box, they charge you extra for it. Because whenever you get a Play Asia game, oh, yeah, yeah. or yeah, they actually they have like Play Asia like stamped all over it. You know, there's probably like a big titted anime girl or whatever, like on the on the box. on the thing to yeah to really really make you stand out as yeah. the 
as a USPS person is uh, sorting through your mail to put in your mailbox. <laughs> so they actually charge extra. So that way you don't seem like a fucking, a fucking, you know, we just loser. Hell yeah. Um, shit, man. I, I got nothing else on that one. That, no, it's yeah. it's basically then it basically covers it. I think yeah. the the only thing, the only other interesting thing that's come out, um, is there's a lot of people are talking about uh, Starfield, uh, the next big Bethesda game. Mm-hmm. So Starfield is basically Fallout in space, right? Um, we still don't know when that's going to come out, and. A lot of like Windows kind of centric people, they have been talking about rumors of a Microsoft showcase featuring Starfield coming out. Um, there was speculation that it was going to be last this past week. Nothing, nothing happened. So they're kind of like, well, maybe it's this week. And I think the current rumor is that Starfield is supposed to release like May 23rd, 2023. Damn. Okay. That's what they're saying. Fuck. That's what they're saying. But uh I don't know. We'll find out. Um they've been Microsoft has been Microsoft and Bethesda have been super quiet about Starfield. And I honestly think like the twenty third still feels like a mistake. I think Tears of the Kingdom hype is gonna be around for a bit. I don't know if maybe May is a good good release date for probably the biggest Microsoft release of twenty twenty three. Not too sure if they should mix that in with uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, just yeah, maybe not because fuck, man. Yeah, everybody's because I mean Tears of the Kingdom. I'm not gonna if if Tears the, if I have to spend two weeks to play Tears of the Kingdom to finish it, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm yeah. not gonna touch any fucking thing else. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna play Tears of the Kingdom until the wheels fall off, and then I'll recognize if there's any other games available to play after yeah. the fact. Yeah, I'm gonna have fucking blinders on. For the whole month of May, dude. That yep. shit drops. It's, it's me. It's me. It's Link. We're in Hyrule Field, dude. We're fucking up Bacoblins. We're, we're, we're chopping up some bats. We're building we're building spaceships and flying around or whatever the fuck that uh, shit is. I'm getting new yeah. tattoos. I'm growing my hair out. I'm telling I'm telling Zelda she ain't shit. And I'm hanging out with my boy Ganon. And we're fucking, we're fucking cleaning up, dude. That's all I'm doing in the month of May. Goddamn. You got yeah. me hyped, dude. You're making me hype. Dude, I'm hype as fuck about, about Tears yeah. of the Kingdom. <laughs> exactly. So everybody else should just needs to fuck off of May. Yeah. Because May is all about Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Full stop. I'm 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 lifting weights. I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom. That's that's it. Hey, you want to go out this weekend? No, nah, man. All right. Me and me and Link already <laughs> made plans, dog. Um <laughs> the podcast is just gonna be all of May. Hey man, what are you done in Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, everything. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah. So good stuff. I mean, 30 fucking episodes, dude. This is, this is crazy. Uh, yeah. I felt, I felt cool about 25, 30 feels really fucking cool. We'll keep hammering these. Uh, that's right. And, um, so, um, I guess as far as like updates are concerned, mm-hmm. Um, so the atomic heart video went up Friday. Oh, also fuck, uh, rake soap. I think that's how you pronounce it. I've been, I've been spending like the last day or so, uh, 
fucking learning how to describe that band's name. So we got a copyright notice on the on the video because I ended the video with what was a badass track from the game. Yeah. Come to find out, it's actually from a legit artist. Um, it's from I don't know if you remember, but there was a series of commercials I think from Geico, like so easy a caveman could do it. Yes. So there's this one commercial where this guy, one of the cavemen, is like on one of those little um, like what treadmills in the airport, mm-hmm. and so he's passing by a billboard. And it says, like, so easy a caveman can do it. And so in the background, there's, like, this music track. Anyway, so that's that's Rake Soap. That's the first time I ever heard him. I remember when I heard the commercial, I looked him up, played the fuck out of the couple of um, albums that they had. But come to find out, this is on one of their later albums that I never listened to. The track that I ended the video on is their track. Um... It's a bomb ass track though holy shit it's so good god damn it's so good it's 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 spelled r-o-y-k-s-o-p-p-b right those yeah. guys uh yeah yeah rake soap yeah. rake soap that's how you print i think there's like a norwegian or swedish or something like that apparently that's how you pronounce it yeah the norwegian electronic music duo from Tromsum. <laughs> i don't know they've been around for a while Doesn't... yeah i used to i used to jam these dudes back in uh back in college Yes. Uh, um, so I forgot I forgot the name of the track. Um you know what we can I can look it up on the YouTube on the YouTube thing. Anyways, yeah, you'll um, you'll see it there. <laughs> but uh Atomic Heart, so that's out. Uh I'm working on a Wolong uh video, uh which will probably be out maybe late next week or maybe the following Monday, something like that. Um then after that I think I'm looking at Maybe Half-Life. So I did a quick video uh, a while back about the whole uh, ray tracing thing that they that this guy had, this modder had introduced into the first Quake 1 game. Uh, he just released the mod to introduce ray tracing to the original Half-Life game. So I may do a video on that after the Wolong video if there's nothing else that comes up. So that's coming in the pipeline. Can't wait. Hell yeah. Looking looking forward to it. Uh let me see. Copyright. Sons of bitches. The Fear. Yes. That's the name of the track. The Fear. Amazing fucking song. Holy shit. I did not I did not know it was them. I thought it was like uh Mick Gordon. Mick Gordon did the uh did the music for Atomic Heart. Uh I had, I thought originally it was Mick Gordon's track. I was like, Mick Gordon's a genius. But now it's like, fuck Mick Gordon. Rick Soap's a genius. Such a good song. Might have to check it out. It's been a long time since I listened to these dudes. I mean, like a long sh- fucking time. Yeah. I mean, the, the copyright the copyright notice, since we're not monetized or anything like that, the copyright notice doesn't affect the video at all. Um, yeah. But I, I, it, was a, it was interesting. Now that I know that it's, that it's their song, I can actually add it to my playlist. Because yeah. it's a fucking jam, dude. It's, uh, it's from their 2010 album. Uh, called Senior. If in, uh, if anybody decides to look it up, yes, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. It's a great track. Cool, man. I guess with that, let's close this thing out. Uh, this has been a short uh, and sweet uh, episode, I think. Uh, yeah, news is pretty light this week. 
Everything's pretty chill, man. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for putting it together again. Uh, if you guys uh, aren't subscribed, be sure to subscribe here on YouTube. Uh, you can find us again on every podcasting platform that you can think of. Michael has put that shit out all over the place. You can also find Michael tweeting out on Twitter. It is uh, official PMP pod. I think so far. Yep. Still, still waiting for the for the for the person who holds pixels and pints to uh, to give up that fucking handle. Yeah, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Elon see if he can handle it. So. Yeah, just just message Elon, tell him our podcast is fucking bumping. Um, you know we need we need daddy, right. daddy Elon's daddy Elon's help for sure. Yeah. Or we can like I think we could I think we do like a trademark or something. Like if we trademark the name, we could probably make a case to get the to get the name off of uh, Twitter. Not really too sure how that works, but we can use the legal system. We can actually bully people using yeah. the legal system. Yeah. I think that's what we're gonna do. I think that's I think what we're there do. for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, you know, watch us bully the shit out of uh, the other pixels and pints uh, crew to take their name. Oh, we shit all over the other pixels and pints folks. By yeah. the way, so we, oh, God, we so did terrible. a we did a tier list uh, outside of the show one night, uh, and it was a ranking of all the pixels and pints. Uh, Podcasts and other podcasts that sound a lot like are very similar to Pixels and Pints. And we found ourselves, uh, you know, not biased in this situation as S tier and everybody else was a totally trash can. Like, goddamn right. Yeah. And in fact, like, uh, I think if you think, oh, Pixels and Pints, oh, 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 <laughs> let me, let me see. Oh, those assholes, mm-hmm. the ones that, uh, they like drew themselves. One of them has like uh like a uh, a Kratos kind of like thing. Yeah, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, they only got forty nine subscribers on YouTube. Garbage tier. These people are garbage tier. You know what? One day we'll have to do a collab with them just to let them know. I think that <laughs> I'd, I'd go on their podcast to tell them that they ain't they ain't shit. For sure. <laughs> you know, I've never listened to a single episode of theirs. I'm sure they've never listened to ours either. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, they have. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. probably garbage. Yeah, make sure you guys subscribe. Here. <laughs> uh, keep it locked in. We're always going to be here. Um, Mike was always turning out new videos. Uh, I will be following suit pretty soon, and uh, I think that's it for episode thirty of Pixels and Pines podcast. It is March fifth, twenty twenty three. I'm Bradley, and I'm Michael, and we were two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints. Thanks for tuning in. Hell yeah.